Welcome to At The Table, the podcast for the SBC Women's Leadership Network. Join the conversations of a collaborative community of women from the Southern Baptist Convention family who long to connect, engage, and encourage one another as they serve and lead in diverse ways to impact the kingdom of God. Pull up a chair, grab your favorite drink, and listen in on what God is doing through women of the SBC. everybody and welcome to another episode of At The Table. It's Jackie King and we are talking women and leadership in the SBC and I am really excited about my guest today. She is one that from the very beginning of my call to ministry and just as a young woman trying to figure out what this whole thing is about, one that I have watched and learned from in so many regards. And so today I get to welcome to the show Mary Cassian. Mary, welcome with us. Thanks, Jackie. Good to be with you. I was so excited. I emailed her um, and threw it out and I said, hey, I would love to have you encourage the women on our podcast. And Mm -hmm. she wrote back very quickly and was like, yes, I am all about it. So very excited about today and what we are going to delve into. Um, Mary, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe a little bit of your story, where you grew up, how you got connected to the SBC? Sure. Um, I'm actually a Canadian, uh, first generation. My parents are immigrated from Germany. Germany after World War II. So our whole family, really just, you know, family of immigrants here. And uh, so my first language is German, actually, and I still am a dual citizen, Canadian and German citizen. How cool is but, that? Yeah, how cool is that? <laughs> so when we landed in Canada, we started uh, attending a little Baptist church uh, that was in our neighborhood, just a small little wee church. And they, uh, my parents wanted us to go there so that we could learn how to speak English. And so grew up in the Baptist church. And that really long story short, that is what led me to be in touch with uh, the SBC. Now, SBC isn't a big deal up in Canada. I mean, you you look at most people, you say Southern Baptist, and they look at you and and they go, say what? Like they just have (laughs) have no context. And even in my area here, I think there's um, maybe one SBC church, and it's really tiny, and it's way far away from me. So there, it, it's just not, it, it's just not, there's just not a presence. Um, but uh, but I was raised Baptist, and then I was contacted by Chris Adams, who had read some other stuff I had written and said, listen, uh, we want you to, and, and at that time, uh, Lifeway was the Southern Baptist Sunday School Board a long time ago. (laughs) And so Chris said, listen, Mary, I love what you have to say about women. Could we get you to come down to Nashville? And we just want to talk to you. And I thought, oh, like, what? I don't have time for this. Like, mm. uh, you know, this this lady from nowhere is contacting me and wanting me just to come down so that we could talk. <laughs> but... So it took about a year and a half before I finally accepted the invitation. And then I was picked up uh, from the airport by the MIMS and uh, who were involved at Lifeway or, or Southern Baptist Sunday School Board at that time. And they took me over to the empty building. No one was there. It was a Sunday afternoon. And I remember going into the history section and I was blown away because I looked at the Sunday School papers and the 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 bulletins and the handouts and the pictures mm-hmm. and the little attendance badges and I went oh, 
you people have mentored me. Like you, you were my childhood. You were my instruction in the word of God as a child. Like my whole life, I have been impacted by the Southern Baptist Sunday School Board and I had no idea. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> so that's how it started. And Chris had some ideas and um, we sat down in a room with a lot of people. And I think uh, it was, you know, the, the only thing that was missing was the hanging light bulb because it was a little bit of an interrogation, mm-hmm. um, you know, wanting to know, uh, is, is, is this woman doctrinally sound? <laughs> Right. <laughs> and is she, uh, is she, you know, in line with, with what we believe as Southern Baptists? And uh, so it was a little bit of a risk for them kind of uh, going outside of uh, Southern Baptist you know, circles, uh, and from Canada, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, uh, welcomed me with open arms. And I started writing for, um, the Baptist Sunday school board, which then transitioned into being called Lifeway and, uh, yeah. And, and the rest is history. So that's, that's how I got engaged with that and, uh, got, got involved with the seminaries and the Lord just kind of does that, right? He mm-hmm. just opens doors that you don't expect. And when you look back you can see him doing that but at the time I had no idea where that would lead wow okay so when Chris found you were you just writing things like personally on a blog or how exactly did she were you writing for um you know step up in Canada or how did she find you okay Jackie you're showing your age there was no such thing as blogs in fact there wasn't even (laughs) there wasn't even a such thing as internet back then I mean this is like this is like a long time ago no (laughs) yeah it's probably before you were born but there were um so no it wasn't a blog in fact you know here's the funny thing when I started writing my first manuscript I was um like 21 22 Mm -hmm. years old Mm -hmm. uh not a writer but I, I don't like writing (laughs) Um, but uh, loved discipling women and so was developing resources for the women I was discipling. So uh, I started on a typewriter. That's how long ago that was. (laughs) So do you even know what a typewriter is? I do. I do. (laughs) You've seen Um, one in a museum somewhere? (laughs) <laughs> I will say it was my grandmother's, and I I remember I have fond memories of typing on that thing um, yeah. as a young child. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and can I just say you have aged really well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, there's just so much to where even like her finding you and your books and the things that mm-hmm. you've written, I mean, they date mm-hmm. back even further than whenever you had really come on my radar, you know, in the resources right. that I had seen. So yeah. that's really yeah. cool. I just think yeah. that's awesome. Well, I think I think Chris had been impacted by, uh, because way back uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, I was uh, doing uh, some writing on and writing books uh, for Crossway Publishers just uh, just on and, and just one book I, and I mean she must have been one of the 15 people that read it um, <laughs> so it was but it was it was talking about where we are were as a culture because the 70s were like the hotbed of feminist theology mm-hmm. or feminist theory rather um, in culture uh, that was the golden era of feminism it was you know I'm strong I'm an invincible I am woman that's when when really feminism came to a forefront as an ideology and culture and so I I was studying that and I had to address it because I was um, 
first generation really in terms of being in college and getting a professional degree and first generation in terms of all my girlfriends you know were were moving forward into the professional world you know doctors lawyers highly educated women that I was discipling and we had to grapple with this question of uh, how does this line up how does how do these ideas about womanhood line up with what the Bible says so that's I think how I got on Chris's radar and Mm. that's why she was so interested in meeting me okay so that is actually how you got on my radar Um, I was a young woman in Bible college and I remember thinking like who are the other women outside of Beth Moore Um, because and nothing against Beth Moore but she was just kind of the only one that had gone before and Mm -hmm. so I remember googling (laughs) um, just women in ministry or women in degrees and going to Southern's website and seeing you and you doing adjunct professor um, work there and then actually finding some of your papers on feminism and the influence and so Mm -hmm. it was honestly the first time that I had read a woman um, that was scholastic and deep and educated um, Mm -hmm. and like I mean it was a full thorough I don't even know how many pages I don't know if you remember um, that that paper was that was on the southern website and so Mm -hmm. um, I really want to unpack this because I think you are studied in this you know it Um, and so kind of going back especially with you having um, decades within just the church and looking at the Southern Baptist Convention how have you seen um, feminism really kind of impact not only culture but specifically the church in our denomination when I started out uh, I I wrote a book called uh, the feminist gospel and it has it's funny because I think it was in 1990 or 1990 it took a look at 30 years of the development of feminist theory from 1960 to 1990 and just how feminist theory had advanced and how it had had impacted theology in mainline churches um, and and how I saw it beginning to encroach on evangelical churches. Mm-hmm. So that was the book and it has since been republished. It's really interesting because, I mean, that's an old book already, 1990. What, what is that? Help my math here. That's <laughs> got to be, I mean, 30 years almost. And uh, so for for it to have been republished, and it was really influential in in the lives, I think, and and in the thinking of some some key leaders in in terms of understanding how feminism has impacted culture and how feminism uh, was impacting the church. So now, fast forward 30 years, and Mm -hmm. a, a lot of the things that I saw um, 30 years ago when I first wrote that uh, are, are, have really come to fruition and are being flushed out. And we're seeing culture go at a dizzying rate uh, even now in terms of uh, rejecting masculinity and femininity and uh, rejecting gender mm-hmm. and and uh, feeling that that we have the right. So so what I saw at that time was I saw that you you start out by saying, wait a minute, I don't like being told who I am and what my identity is. I have the right to name myself. And that's how it started out in the 60s. Um, and this was the cutting edge of feminist theory. Uh, and then in the 70s, it it, um, it moved into, uh, I have the right to name my world. Uh, you know, I don't like the way that men and women are interacting. I- I'm going to start telling everybody else 
how they ought to be. Mm-hmm. And then it moved from that into the 1980s, uh, it became very metaphysical and started into actually uh, naming God, like saying, wait a minute, I don't like the Judeo-Christian God. I think that men created that God. Um, that God is patriarchal. I have the right to say who God is. Uh, and, and so there was this progression. And really since... Um, since the 1990s, in the last 20 years, there hasn't really been a whole lot in terms of uh, new thinking in, term of, in terms of feminist theory. Uh, what there has been is, is just been a broadening and a um, kind of a logical extension. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to reject uh, um, maleness and femaleness, then the logical extension of that is that it doesn't matter whether you're a male or female, or if you change, uh, mm-hmm. if you decide, if you you know the gender fluidity really flows out of that. So, so yeah, that it's 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 interesting. Um, I think that it has progressed far more quickly in the last 10 years than I could have even dreamed or anticipated mm-hmm. just how 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 quickly the change uh, once all the ideology seeped into culture and into our veins on a broad scale just you, know, you just even look at the last five years 10 years um, five years even thinking that that things that we believe as a culture, at this juncture, uh, would have been unthinkable five years ago, ten years mm-hmm. ago. It, yeah. it, it's just, it's just the 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 progression is is just at a light dizzying speed. Um, so, yeah, it, it's 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 interesting to observe, and certainly the church is not immune to being highly impacted by it, and mm-hmm. we're certainly seeing that. I think Southern Baptists. Uh, are one of the few denominations that are actually holding firm um, in many ways, and that and that presents its own challenges because sometimes I think when the pendulum swing, swings one direction, you have to start addressing problems on the other end of the spectrum sure. um, that that creates. But uh, yeah, so so it's been interesting, and that's actually how I got engaged with with uh, uh, working at the seminaries, uh, teaching feminist theology, and just loving interacting with the new generation of leaders that uh, that God is raising up. Okay, so that was 30 years ago, and then now you have just come out with a new book called mm-hmm. The Right Kind of Strong. So I am really excited to talk about your new book. Okay. Um, and so tell me a little bit about what, I mean, maybe it was the 30-year 30 ga- 30 gap. I know you've written other studies and um, Bible studies in the middle of that, but what mm-hmm. brought you to wanting to write this one? This was actually, I, I've actually written quite a few things in the, in the meantime, and uh, I, 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 I was writing Bible studies for women, and I got away from the, the topic of womanhood per se, and then uh, very specifically, I, I think the Lord directed me back there, uh, and so wrote uh, True Woman 101, True Woman 201, uh, was involved in just launching the True Woman movement, which is uh, has reached millions of women around the world. Uh, so it was actually at a, at a True Woman conference that I was speaking uh, on the text in Second Timothy, uh, where Paul, uh, in passing, 
blessing addresses these weak women who uh, were always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth, uh, burdened down with sins, um, led astray by various passions, and he called them weak women. And that passage never really sat well with me because I don't see myself as a weak woman, <laughs> never have been. And uh, and so I, but the point actually when I studied that passage was that uh, that Paul didn't want women to be weak either. Mm-hmm. He wrote he wrote that to uh, the church in Ephesus uh, where Timothy was pastoring, and uh, in Ephesus there Priscilla and Aquila were in Ephesus. So you know Priscilla was a good friend of his and powerhouse in terms of just a ministry force in the New Testament church, strong woman, and so. I, I suspect that the difference between what he saw in Priscilla and the difference and what he saw in these women's lives was just so, you know, such a difference that here's a strong woman, Priscilla, and he's go, he said, you guys are just weak women. Mm. Um, and what's interesting about that word, that the actual Greek word there is the word for woman. And then it adds what's called a diminutive onto the end. So, you know, you have pig, you have a piglet, you have a book, you have a booklet. Um, this is like a woman and he, he called them almost like a, a womanlet. <laughs> like it's, really? it's, it's like a diminished, um, diminished version of what a true woman ought to be. So, and, and they, there were several things that diminished them, and he mentioned a, a few things in passing. And, uh, and so I spoke on that passage, and that was probably one of the most uh, popular uh, YouTube hits. Uh, in terms of just watching that it was I was speaking about uh, don't be a wimp you know be mm-hmm. a strong woman mm-hmm. and and so I uh, just decided to to turn that into a book so that's where that came from I love that I know um even just in my own life and then conversations that I've had with other women um mm-hmm. in the church I think even how women being presented in the text as weak and quiet. You know, I mean, we've just really done a disservice of what strong women look like. And so I love Mm -hmm. even just the comparison that you're making there with um, who Paul is talking to in Ephesus and then Priscilla and Aquila and their role in being a strong woman. So Mm -hmm. in your book, you talk about seven pitfalls. I don't want you at all to give us all of them, but I'm wondering if you can maybe give us the top two um, and then we will grab your book and get information at the end of the podcast, but I'm really kind of curious, what are the two kind of top pitfalls that you see for women? Okay. Uh, yeah, these are, what I talk about in the book is habits, uh, where habit, strength sapping habits that, that were problematic with the women in Ephesus. So kind of flip that and turn that around to, to be strength building habits. What can we do to build our inner spiritual strength to become the truly strong women that God wants us to be? And he does. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at Proverbs chapter 31, one of the characteristics of the prototypical ideal woman is that she uh, she dresses herself with strength she makes her arms strong so the, it, God wants strong women but he wants us to be strong in the right kind of way so the two of the habits I think that that would be the ones that I would identify as being um, part of the women's lives in Ephesus I mean they're all just so 
so good and so um, uh, powerful to study and things that we need to incorporate. But one of them is that it says she's led astray by various passions. In other words, she doesn't have a grip on her emotions. She is letting her emotions guide her behavior rather than bringing her emotions together um, together with her mind and will under the authority and direction of the Word of God. Now, certainly we don't want to be squelching our emotions, but I think emotions are a big thing for, for women. I mean, we have all the hormones, all the stuff going on where, where uh, we can we can let our emotions be the steering wheel of our lives and they ought not to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to bring those together. Um, what happened at the fall is I think that, that our mind and our will and our emotions were fractured in that they started pulling different directions instead of pulling in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And we need to, to bring all three of those back together. So that's a big one. Another one is, uh, the very first one is that she tolerates creeps. Um, it says that the false teachers were creeping into the households and gaining control over these weak-willed women. And I think that that's, uh, and when I say tolerates creeps, I, I, I don't just mean, uh, you know, guys that come in with false ideas. I mean, any kind of creep, anything that any negative influence that encroaches slowly and uh, constantly into our lives. So it could be an attitude creep, could be a creep going on in terms of our behavior, could be a time creep, you know, maybe we're spending more and more time on social media, uh, maybe we're spending less time in the Word of God, could be uh, could be a creep in terms of our Netflix or what we're, or what we're watching on TV, what we're allowing into our homes, any kind of creep. And I, I and um, the saying that I like to uh, pound into people's brains, into women's brains, is sin does not advance by leaps. It advances by creeps, mm. one one tiny compromise at a time. Yeah. So when I when I talk to women in conferences and all around the world, uh, it, and and they've gotten themselves into really uh, difficult predicaments and situations in their lives, it, it, they look back and it's hard for them to identify one big thing. It's just a series of little things, and and I think that if we don't look after those little creeps, then we're going to end up going down the wrong way, um, ideologically and uh, uh, emotionally, uh, maybe morally, just in terms of our time, all, all sorts of things. So a strong woman is really alert to that and is on the lookout and uh, stays alert, stays attentive, because Satan is always trying to make inroads into our lives. Mm, so good. Yes. Um, so I'm really curious, especially just coming from your background and your history as a just woman leader. I mean, you're studied, you even, I mean, you studied the, <laughs> the cultural shifting that is happening, you know, within mm-hmm. um women and this fight for, um, it makes me think of Beyonce, you know, I mean, there's just this push of like being that independent woman, you can do it Mm -hmm. by yourself, I don't need anyone else, which is so counter what scripture says. And so even just your charge of you need to be driven by the word and not what you feel or what you hear, um, I think are just such great reminders. But as a woman who has been in leadership for a while now, what is maybe the thing that you see with women in leadership that is kind of our pitfall? What do you see continually? 
I think that uh, women in leadership, I think that's another pitfall that, that I identified in these seven habits, is we need to be able to admit our need, mm-hmm. and we, we need to also approach leadership um, in a way that is womanly. And, and I, I say that carefully uh, because, I, I mean, I'm not a girly girl. I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't. I'm not a pink, fluffy, frilly type of person. <laughs> and yet there's something that God has created in us um, as women where our greatest strength is when we interact as women mm-hmm. and and don't just try and take a masculine form of leadership or a masculine form of, of um persona or interacting with people and say I need to be that way because when I see when I see women who are leaders uh, kind of adopt the worldly approach to leadership what happens is is they end up getting um, brash mm-hmm. aggressive mm-hmm. Um, domineering um, uh, you know that way beyond assertive like there's nothing wrong with with stating your mind but but in a way that's 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 uh just domineering or um puts men down instead of building them up Mm -hmm. so you're you're quite right when you say you know beyonce and the whole uh model is is one of independence and the lord doesn't want us to be independent i mean scripture clearly says in the lord man is not independent of woman neither is woman independent of man Mm -hmm. um we are interdependent. We need men. Um, they need us. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's only when the body is functioning, uh, not only in terms of giftings, but also in terms of who God created us as male and female, that we'll, we will be healthy and uh, bringing God glory in a way that, that he intended. So I'm going to throw this at you. I know this was not in the previously stated email. <laughs> um, so uh, we'll see how this goes. But I'm kind of curious. Um, is there a story or maybe a time that you can think back on to where you were maybe wrestling through um, what it looked like to be a strong woman around men um, and like really having to kind of advocate for yourself, but still doing it, like you said, not like Beyonce, not brash or aggressive, but where you were still able to kind of um, hold that winsome, gracious, but strong um, space of how God has gifted you, how God has called you. Um, Does that maybe bring up any kind of stories or experiences that you've walked through? Uh, it does. Uh, probably not ones that I can mention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in terms like I of said, I, I was throwing it at you. <laughs> yeah, just not not in terms of in public. But but uh, there 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 are certainly uh, times when I have worked on boards and uh, worked in a leadership capacity with men, and uh, I have found. Um, most of them, many, many of them to be, to be, uh, very kind and encouraging and very supportive. Uh, but from time to time, you run into a man who, uh, dare I say is, you know, has a chip on his shoulder and really is not very supportive of women or women ministering or it feels threatened. Uh, so I, I think in those times, it's important to 
um, not become resentful, not become angry, yes. not to respond as the world would have us respond, but to respond with, with much wisdom and to go before the Lord uh, and to say, okay, all right, Lord, how do I navigate this or this person mm -hmm. in a way that is respectful and yet firm and uh, yet say, saying what I need to say um, in a way in a way that's kind and respectful and honors who God created him to be. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, and there is a way, I think, I think that, that with good communication skills and with uh, prayerful thoughtfulness and with not responding quickly, but, but, but just taking a bit of time to, uh, to come, you know, not, not to be quick to speak, but to be slow to speak. Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, if we are wise women, we can do that. I mean, you, you look at Abigail in David's life, or you look at, um, uh, you know, women who were winsome in tough situations and, and approached men in a way where they were able to say what they needed to say and yet say it in a way where it could be received and not rejected. Yes. And, uh, I, I mean, women have to deal with that all the time. I mean, you have women in marriages who are married to very difficult men and, uh, if they're, uh, convinced that they they need to live under you know they're married you know i'm not going to get divorced what do i do i i'm living with this difficult man and really like a a, a boor of a man and how do i how do i respect him uh not because of his behavior, but because of, of, of the directives in scripture to, to, to be a wife who honors her husband in the right way and yet speak truth and yet be firm and yet have boundaries and not, um, and not, um, not just allow sin to go unaddressed uh so so it's a really difficult thing i mean it's difficult to walk that path i've i've watched girlfriends of mine walk it and we walk it in leadership i think sometimes mm -hmm. as well but i do think that all we can control is our own behavior and uh that's that's what we need to take to the lord and to be responsible with i'm responsible for me before god i'm not responsible for others yes. and so so um I just need to, to, to speak in a way that is godly, and I need to have a godly attitude, and I need to uh, run to the Lord whenever that's out of line. Mm -hmm. Well, and so much of what you're saying reminds me of James <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and a lot of self-control. Well, Titus, Timothy, all of those epistles. Um, yeah. But even with our women right now, I'm teaching out of Nehemiah and the example that he has of just praying um, mm -hmm. in all different seasons, in all different circumstances, when opposition comes, when um, people are mocking and ridiculing him, those kind of mm -hmm. things. And so I think it's such a good reminder for us that I think our flesh, our tendency is to try to bow up and try to, um, you know, overexert and show that we're worthy, right? Um, right. And well, and, and the w world teaches us to do that, right? It says, yes. I mean, the whole attitude is, well, it shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't, you know, this is unfair. Uh, why are there two sets of rules, blah, 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 blah. And it, 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 uh, it, it causes, I think it, it creates an attitude in us that is an attitude of defiance and an ad, a combative attitude and really uh, starts nurturing 
ways of interacting in us as women that are uh, far from what God would have um, for his his girls, that he wants to be strong, and no doubt about that, strong women, but strong in the right kind of way. Mm, yes, I love that. Well, thank you. I know that was a hard one to kind of throw at you, but I think there was a lot of good wisdom um, just in your response. And I think we're all presented in different um, scenarios of how are we going to respond to that opposition or how are we going to respond to that lack of communication? And so, um, so much. Or to, or to that attitude, right? That, yes. That yes. putting down attitude. Yeah. And <laughs> first and foremost, before being a woman, like we are, we are believers, you know? And yes. so it's not, I think there's so much of this conversation that gets put into the male versus female category instead Absolutely. of we are children of God, we are brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think trying to redefine that conversation, redefine that attitude, as you're saying, I think is really good for all of us to hear as women in leadership. So, all right, Mary, we are running out of time and I really want to make sure that we are are able to get all of the information on your book. So is there a way that you can just tell us where do we go and maybe point us to a website to where we're able to check out more of these other habits, these other things that um, we need to be looking into as being strong women? Mm-hmm. You can go to rightkindofstrong.com. Uh, that's specifically for the book. Or you can go visit my my website, which is marycassian.com. And you can also find me on, on social media. Uh, and, and that is just very simple. Has, hashtag is Mar- Mary Cassian or my handle. Is it a hashtag or handle? It's a handle, isn't it? <laughs> I think my it's goodness. an at, but we can hashtag you, Mary. I'm up for it's it. At. You, it. Can, yeah, you can do that too. There you go. There's my yeah, long gone or the typewriter days, that's yes. for sure. Well, it's not a blog, but I can help you in this part for sure. So <laughs> it's the at. But I will make at. sure to, um, in the show notes, put all of that information so that you're able to follow her. And I cannot tell you how beneficial um, just seeing her wisdom I've got uh, in my Facebook feed a lot of this right kind of strong um, her blurbs that she's writing about her book um, and they're just so convicting and helpful and it's such a good way even just scrolling through Facebook and it pops up and I'll read it and I'm like okay I need to check my attitude right am I operating out of trying to be something that um, ultimately God doesn't want me to be and so I really want to encourage you to connect with Mary Um, go read a lot of her stuff you will be better for it you will be um, a better student of culture and what is happening Um, and a better agent of spreading the gospel of Jesus. So Mary, again, I want to thank you so much for your time and just you sharing your wisdom and your story today on At the Table. Thanks, Jackie. It's been fun. You have been listening to At the Table, the podcast for the SBC Women's Leadership Network. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes and share this with your friends and other women in the SBC. They'd also love to connect online with you at sbcwomen.net for more resources and for you to join the conversation with women all across the globe who are serving in kingdom mission. Thanks for listening.